0: Hello and welcome to Sean White's solar and energy storage podcast. This week we have part three of my interview with Greg Smith of and Battery. Greg used to be the face of SMA America training and is now the face of Sonnen Battery education in the United States. I have known Greg for over a decade and it is always good to talk to him and even better when I can share this talk with you on this podcast. In this episode we talk about energy storage self-consumption energy storage without backup being common in Germany, PG&E public safety power shutoffs and demand for backup in the United States, autonomy, AC coupling, frequency control, module level power electronics, and some companies overestimating the shading losses with string inverters, which Greg is very passionate about. To find out more about solar education and the easiest way to pass NAVSEP exams, go to solarsean.com. And here we go, back to our interview. So, there's a lot of different reasons to have a battery, and the one that is kind of popular and it has to do also with, you know, your utility rate schedule, which people have trouble understanding. And so in certain places such as Hawaii and Germany and Australia, it's financially reasonable to have a grid-connected battery and to fill it up when the sun's out and to put it back into your loads at nighttime. And they call that self-consumption. So I was wondering if you have a good definition for self-consumption.
1: Yeah, man, that is the bread and butter of the and batteries in Germany. Matter of fact, in Germany, their units don't even have a backup mode.
0: Mm-hmm. So if like when the grid it. goes down, it doesn't work.
1: <laughs> exactly. But cool. their, their point is... Well, why would you need backup when the grid is so reliable, right? So, well, you guys need to come out here <laughs> and hang out for uh-huh. a while. You'll you'll realize just how beneficial backup.
0: Yeah, is, come to right? PG&E territory during a public safety shut off, huh?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Don't even get me started on that. I tell you, we saw a a definite increase in interest for our product when PG&E started doing all that. And it was just it was really interesting how all of a sudden, the price of our unit didn't matter to people anymore when they don't have power for five days. You know, it, it was an incredible thing uh, to see. I Not that, you know, we like these disasters, you know, for our business, but it's just cool that we can help people and that they, they kind of see the light when something bad happens. Same thing in the Northeast and, you know, Puerto Rico with the hurricanes and stuff. But um, anyway, the Self-consumption mode is a a fascinating mode to use, and it looks really cool when you look at the monitoring that we offer, just like everybody has. It's a really neat thing to see. And so self-consumption basically means you are using as much of your own energy as possible to power your home and buying very little from the grid. And we have a, on the front of our units, if, if you ever see a close-up of the LCD, you'll see this circle and you'll see a percentage in there. A lot of people think that's the state of charge, but it's really this thing called autonomy. And in Germany, it's called autarky. And the autonomy is this value. You want it to be as high as possible. And so, for example, if the autonomy value is 95%, I call that grid independence. That's my word for self-consumption. And if you have a 95% autonomy, what that means is 95% of the energy that you generated and used in your home came from you. And you only had to buy 5% of your energy from the grid. It's awesome.
0: Do they actually have it? So like if you exported, they'd give you over hundred percent? The, the, the system manages the in and
1: out, so anything that's exported wouldn't make the percentage go
0: up because it's not being used. It's just going back into the grid. Yeah, because I teach all these classes, and I, just, I always want to get above 100%. I know it's kind of impossible, but... Some do it. Like, some do it, but it, it may only be, you know,
1: during the, the really sunny times of the year, right? So it's kind of like PV production, Right. When you look at over the course of a year, the PB production is better in some months than it is in the uh, than others. But when you look at the yearly value, it's you know, it all kind of washes out. Right. Kind of like shade. If you have shading during certain parts of the year in the grand scheme of the entire year, it's a very, very small loss. It probably doesn't really mean much anyway.
0: So with energy storage also, do you see a lot of gold rushes, as I like to call them? I saw that with solar you know, 10 years ago and stuff. There'd be some new incentive or some new utility policy, and then all of a sudden self-consumption or something like that will make sense, and then everybody wants to do it. And I guess you've also had the gold rush for having backup power in California, but in a lot of places in California also, they don't have an incentive to really do self consumption that's that good, you know, that's going to make it worthwhile as much in every area, but then you have these CCAs that are having different policies or what are you seeing out there right now? You're on the cutting edge of this.
1: Yeah, so California is definitely, you know, leading with storage. And self consumption, you know, may resonate with some people it may not as far as an operating mode, right? But like we just brought up, you know, ask anybody in PG&E territory here in Northern California, if they care about self-consumption, right? They they're like, no, I just want your system because I want the energy security. Self-consumption, it, there's a lot of benefit to it to, to using this mode because you're you're self-reliant. As a matter of fact, if your system is sized well enough, you can become a virtual off-grid environment because your system is is so. Sized correctly that you're using the Sun to power the loads during the day and charge the batteries and At night you discharge the batteries to cover your load until the next morning. You just rinse repeat So I call that a virtual off-grid environment. We have a lot of people that do that But if you're looking at trying to really save money using an energy storage system and solar Then our time of use mode is probably the most useful all right. so PG&E, I'm in smud territory here, and we do have a time of use rate. And talk to the people in Arizona, where they have, you know, morning and, you know, late afternoon peak times. Well, now you can really start, you know, looking financially at a storage system. And I think I did uh, an energy tool based model. For my system here in SMUD territory, and matter of fact, our, our high peak here is from 5 to 8 p.m., and then it's uh, $0.26 cents per kilowatt hour. In the summertime, we'll shift to a mid-peak from noon to 5, which will be, I think, $0.18, cents. and then off-peak is 11 Last time I looked, that's what it was. And so people look at that, and it may or may not resonate with them. Uh, for a small amount. But when you go to someplace like Arizona, it really starts to add up. And so my system on Energy Toolbase was going to give me a payback. And I've got a 20 kilowatt hour system. The Energy Toolbase uh, simulation was for a 6K PV system. And it was going to give me nine and a half year payback, which surprised me. I thought it was going to be way, way out past 10 years. But when you look at these places like Arizona, you're looking at a five to six year payback, which is, you know, pretty good. Unfortunately, the solar industry has kind of spoiled everybody on these three to five year paybacks and the banks, you know, that's what they want. And I don't know, it's, it's this thing where, no, if I don't get a three to five year payback, it's got no value. It's like, well, hang on, you, let's think about that for a second. And so sometimes the homeowners need a little coaching on really what value can be.
0: And then another thing too is, so you don't have a solar inverter like something that you plug solar into, like your, like an SMA inverter. Your, your mm-hmm. old friends.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we we do not provide the solar inverter, and so since we are AC coupled, you do not connect your array to our system.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so one of the questions that I have about that too is, I know for SMA who you used to work with they would have some of their interactive solar inverters that would work with the Sunny Island that they could talk to each other so that what they could do is they could, you know, throttle down the solar inverter if the batteries got too too full and you were working off grid.
1: What you're alluding to is the frequency shift power control. Yeah. And, the, yeah, the SMA Sunny Island Sunny Boy is a very, very special relationship. And what would happen when the grid would go out the sunny island would tell a sunny boy to go into this off-grid mode, and it would flip some parameters around. It would open the voltage window and the frequency window, and what would happen is to prevent battery overcharging when the grid is down, right? So when these three conditions exist, grid is down, batteries are full, and you have a lot of excess solar.
0: Yeah, or somebody doesn't even want to connect to the grid. They're just totally off-grid.
1: Oh, yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, that's a A
0: completely
1: different scenario but the same behavior would apply right what would happen the sunny island would increase its bus frequency so it's usually at 60 Hertz but it would increase it and because the sunny boy opened its frequency windows and it was in this different you know off-grid mode it would understand that this increase in frequency would equate to a reduction of its solar output. And all it would do is just track off the maximum power point uh, of the array. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So cool. Now there's not very many things out there that have that kind of relationship. However, Sonin took a page right out of that SMA playbook. And so when the grid is down, When the batteries are full and you have excess solar, and we have nowhere to put it, right? So normally either excess solar goes into the battery or it would go out into the grid, but we can't do that now. Or a diversion load. Yeah, or exactly, or a diversion or a dump load, um, which we don't supply unless you had the home automation part well then that's a totally different story but anyway (laughs)
0: you could turn on the air conditioner and the heater at the same time
1: absolutely so many facets to this right but just for um for for this scenario what we would do is increase our frequency again and so we would but we can't tell a fronius inverter or a micro inverter or you know chint or or an sma inverter we can't tell them to open their frequency windows to do that same trick the sunny island does. So instead, it's kind of a binary behavior, right? When we increase our frequency, we increase it up to 60.9 hertz. So every grid tide inverter in North America has to operate between 59.3 and 60.5 hertz. That's the threshold. Otherwise, it thinks that the grid frequency is either high. Or low out of spec. So, all we're doing is taking that UL 1741 directive and using it to our advantage to turn the PV inverter off when the batteries are full, when the grid is down, and we don't have anywhere to put that excess solar. It's so cool.
0: I imagine shifting the maximum power point like this at Sunny Island was doing would be just a software issue that you guys could probably work out tomorrow. Oh, it's absolutely, Sean. But here's the thing,
1: right? You've got, well, just for example, you've got like two or three battery inverter companies. You've got dozens and dozens of PV inverter companies. And so the battery inverter companies are like, hey, guys, uh, can you give us your API or your algorithm so that we can put your PV inverter in this you know, off-grid mode so that we can throttle your MPP? <laughs> nope, you can't. So that's the the reason why the SMA, Sunny Island, and Sunny Boy are able to do that mm-hmm. because it's the same manufacturer. Huh. So uh, until the PUC comes along and says, okay, all you solar inverters, you need to be able to have battery inverters control you in the same way, then that's never going to happen.
0: Huh. I'm surprised that there couldn't just be some standard that they could talk to each other. Yeah, Yeah. you'd think, right? So if anybody's listening out there, make it happen, man. Come on, (laughs) Fronius and SMA. (laughs) Let's do it. (laughs) And so we were talking a little bit about MPPT, and kind of what got this conversation first started is I saw you posted a video on LinkedIn, and you were talking about how the microinverter company was saying that, you know, that the string inverter companies were selling you a bunch of malarkey. <laughs> and I remember you were really good at that when you were working for SMA. And now you're not even working for SMA, but you obviously strongly believe in what you were saying. And what you're saying also makes sense to me, because when you shade a module, it doesn't take out the whole module. That Christmas light effect is kind of a fallacy. And so maybe you were always really good at explaining that to my classes. So maybe you could explain that again. Wow. Yeah. I. It's just like, it's crazy that we still have to talk
1: about that. And that, that LinkedIn video that I did, I mean, I, I went out in my backyard and just did it because I'm writing a book, I got to shading, and I just wanted to touch on it, right? Just because it was such a big part of my life fighting all the, all the marketing stuff, you know, between optimizer companies, micro inverted companies, string inverted companies, and I just, I found the same graphic that we were fighting back in the you know, 2010, 2012 to 2015 eras. It just surprised me that it was still there. And so the premise of the argument is that and, – and this infographic shows this. And you see this prevalently on a lot of websites out there. And I'm not going to name names, and I'm, it's not like you're calling them – you know, the, like they're bad – They just don't know. They're just ignorant of how this stuff works. They
0: they just want to sell something. (laughs)
1: Exactly. Exactly. And it's so, so in my book, when I combat this specific premise, it takes like four pages. And so what do you, how are you going to convince somebody that something works? Show them this easy misleading graphic or go into the science behind how cells work and how maximum PowerPoint trackers work and, and all this other stuff. It's just, it's so difficult, but, and I cannot believe the response I got from that video, Sean, like I just was like, Hey, let me just get this off my chest. And the last I looked a couple of days ago, it was at 6,100 views, which is a, a record for me. But basically what these graphics say is they, they show like four or five modules and they show a leaf on the first module all the way to the left. And what they're saying is, well, that, the shading is going to reduce the output of that module by 50%. And so therefore, because you have all these modules connected in series, in a string, then the rest of the array is going to go down by 50%. And what they are alluding to, very disingenuously, if the string goes down by fifty percent, then the output of your dumb old dinosaur Fred Flintstone string inverter is going to go down by fifty percent as well, <laughs> and that is a gross misleading exaggeration hey, I love the flintstones I do too, but let's we're we're talking about George Jetson technology here,
0: yeah right? yeah, and I, it is like yeah, if somebody got a. Really old solar module that didn't have bypass diodes in them, like the old Arco solar modules, mm-hmm. which I have a few of. Then they, yeah. then you know, one leaf could take out a string or, exactly. or set the leaf on fire. Exactly, but that is so.
1: The 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 graphic that they use is true, but on very very specific conditions, and it would take so many footnotes underneath that graphic to make it true that you might as well not even use it. It's misleading and it's very very deceptive. It disregards the intelligence of string inverters and how they operate. Well, yeah, it every, disregards every
0: module anybody uses today has bypass diodes in it, except for first solar.
1: Yeah. 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 With um, thin film. But I just, it, it like people want to throw, well, it's just science, Greg. I mean, if you do that and like, have you ever gone to an array and, sh- and just threw a piece of cardboard on one module? Have you ever done that? Well, No. Then why don't you put theory to practice? You know, we did that on our 20 kilowatt carport in Rockland, the very first Rockland office that SMA had. And we got this guy from Solmetric to come out. And he came out with his PV test analyzer, hooked it up to one Sunny Boy 5,000 watt inverter. And Mike Mahan, my colleague, went dumpster diving. I know, Mike.
0: Yeah.
1: Good job. Yeah. I've never oh. been
0: dumpster diving with him, though. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i was he, i did a he solar tour with him yeah, yeah. oh he's awesome
0: guy he drove awesome around the guy. van it was a great cool. trainer yeah
1: yeah uh he went and fished out some cardboard and we just started throwing cardboard up on these these solar modules and there was very very little effect matter of fact when we shaded an entire module the output of that sunny boy inverter Went down by 200 watts, which was about what that module was producing. Yeah. So shading an entire module only reduced the amount of power on that string by the one module. So, yeah, I still get into those fights. And it's so hard because it's just an easy thing, right? And, and salespeople generally don't want to take the time to learn the technology. So, the microinverters did a really good sales trick right you take something very easy to understand and that graphic always accompanies like you said a christmas tree effect oh no you shade one module and the whole thing goes down well guys christmas tree lights don't work like that like since led christmas tree lights came out in 96 i don't even know why people still use the christmas tree effect
0: does that mean you do or don't believe in santa claus greg Oh, I do. I do. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, and another thing I always like to you know, do with the education thing that I do, I always like to give both sides of the story. Most people already have the side of the story, the module-level power electronics. And so your talk that you used to give 10 years ago, you would talk about how the microinverters would break down more. And then even though you might get a little bit more out of the microinverter, you would end up saving time and money and everything by just having one inverter to replace.
1: Yeah. There are so many facets to that. Right. And everybody purports a, a small failure rate. Right. So I'll just take them at their word that it's a 0.2% failure rate. So let's say you have a roof with 30 modules and 30 microinverters or You've got um, optimizers up there, right? So you've got a solar edge system or an in phase system. That's all module level electronics up on the roof. And so, what I tell people during my training is, so I'll give those guys a 0% failure rate. 0%. Wow. But in the end, eventually, those things are going to wear out. They will wear out. And they're not all going to wear out at the same time. They're not going to wear out at the same location. So the installers that have, you know, 2,000 microinverter installs, well, those things are going to fail at different times. They're going to require a truck roll. You're going to have your crew getting back up on the roof, taking off modules to get to the module level of electronics, and that is my friends is a higher risk system and the comeback is always, well, they give me a compensation for that. They give me 150 bucks. Well, not all of them do that anymore, but let's say they do. Let's say they keep doing that. Well, how much is your truck roll? And these guys tell me, well, 400 bucks. Okay. You're still losing money. If they're only giving you not even half of your truck roll compensation, you're still losing money. So the, the benefits that people tell me about, right. And I, I can argue shade, module mismatch, all of that stuff, soiling, none of that matters to me. Okay. The, first of all, the shading losses, even by their own admission are small. We beat an SMA inverter by 1.5%. Oh, good job. 1.5% a year. Awesome. With all that extra risk up on the roof. So I don't care about failure rates. I don't care about shading because the losses are small. I don't care about a lot of that stuff because in the end, you are going to have to go up on that roof to swap those things out. So I don't care what the failure rate is. I don't care what their MTBF is. That was the most ridiculous argument
0: Mean time between meantime, failures.
1: Mean time between failures. We have a 300 year mean time between <laughs> failure. Okay, great. So let's put that in perspective. We all have automatic transmissions, and the center gear in most automatic transmissions, the one that turns everything else, has an MTBF of 27 years. Okay, that's the uh, manufacturer's calculated mean time between failure, which doesn't mean anything except a quality assurance for the people that make automatic transmissions. So I'll ask you, have you ever had a transmission last 27 years? Very rarely, right? You got the grandma that drove the car back and forth from church and that was it. So yes, there are extenuating circumstances, but in general, MTBF is a meaningless value that doesn't even belong in a conversation when you're talking about reliability. It just doesn't. It's, it's noise. It's a Jedi mind trick to distract
0: you from something else. Thanks for listening to Sean White's solar and energy storage podcast as we interviewed Greg Smith of Sonnen Battery. To find out more about Greg Smith, you can get some Sonnen training or look for him on LinkedIn. To find out more about online or live solar and storage classes, go to SOLARSEAN.com. Have a great day.